Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus. It's hard to hold these gators down, Charette. What's up? We're here. We're here, I gave you, I gave you a little added uh, flair, a little <laughs> Rick flair specifically there, Mike. Yes. Yeah. Wrestling you, gators? Were, were you were you a watcher of professional wrestling, Mike? Uh, in middle school, I was uh, into the Stone Cold, the Rock mm. era, um, mm. but I didn't really watch it. I was just a fan. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I, did, I I'll be honest. I didn't really watch it at all. But I I I went back. I'm I'm a fan of the history now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't know if the listeners out there have seen. The thirty for thirty on Ric Flair. Uh, mm. It's pretty great. That's right. It's pretty great. If you haven't seen it, uh, uh, spoiler alert, guys. It's sad. Oh. Uh, he doesn't live a super happy life these days. But there are some high moments. There are some great moments in there. And uh, you know what? You gotta love Ric Flair's swag. Yeah. You're just like this guy's a, a an insane showman. And I do love the fact that back in the 80s, he was saying it's hard to hold these alligators down. I'm like, that, that's a, that's a pimp line right there. Yeah, that is so true. some good stuff. Also, Mike, did you watch the All-Star game this weekend? Hmm. No, I did catch the highlights, though. I caught some highlights. Weren't many highlights in the slam dunk contest. Not. Yeah, I heard. Uh, didn't somebody walk up and leave? <laughs> it's just horrible. Uh, yeah, Kareem, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just—it was like lame, lame and got up and walked off. <laughs> he just left. Uh, I mean, no offense to the competitors in the dunk contest, because like obviously uh, they can dunk way better than I can, which is not—that's a fact. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Obi Toppin won the award. And uh, it was just uh, very anticlimactic, very yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have to apologize to the listeners because earlier in the year I said we'd have an all-star special, and I ended up getting caught up with other things, and we didn't have an all-star special. But listeners, okay. fans of basketball, we will have a playoff special. I'll tell you that. We'll do some playoffs. Don't worry. Yeah, It's coming. We will have some, some uh, playoffs. But... Uh, Mike, I did want to bring up something while I was busying myself with other things other than the dunk contest because of the lackluster dunks. <laughs> um, I came across Rankworthy. Hmm. Have you heard of Rankworthy? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay, let me let me give you a synopsis of what they do. They rank. Hmm. Okay. Yep. That makes yep. sense. You following? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm following. Yeah. It's uh, it's from the website ranker.com. Ranker. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, as you can imagine, Mike, I mean, it is a pretty good idea because people love unnecessarily ranking things. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we love doing. Oh, yeah. And uh, as I can tell, Mike, whoever wants to vote, you can vote on these things on their website. You know, you just go on there and you're like, oh, that's totally should be higher on the list. Right? Yeah. 
I think an issue, though, you also come across with this website and this idea in general is after a while, gets a little tough coming up with things to rank. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, eventually, it's going to be tough. But I came across one of their very weird rankings while I was busying myself during the dunk contest, Mike. <laughs> I came across a rank... One through ten of celebs that did things they should have been canceled for. Hmm. That was the list. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, ten, ten celebs that did things they should have been canceled for. Now, uh, let me uh, first say my issue with this list is not that these folks didn't do something negative. Everybody on this list did something negative. Uh Um, and it's not the fact of whether or not they should have been canceled. That's not for me to decide, Mike. Mm -hmm. I am not the person who decides that people get canceled. As you know, Mike, I'm a live and let live type guy. I'm a forgive and forget type guy. A second, third, fourth, maybe fifth, maybe sixth chances type guy. You know? (laughs) Jeez. I'm fine with all that. My issue with this list is the critical piece that is it a that it's a ranked list hmm. for the listeners definition of rank is things or people belonging to or con- uh, constituting a group or class organized in a hierarchical position that's Mm -hmm. definition of rank. That's a rank. That's rank. So, let me give you the entertainers that should have been canceled, Mike. Um, (laughs) Number 10, Mark Wahlberg. Number 9, Jay-Z. Number 8, Michael Jordan. Number 7, Sean Connery. Number 6, Rihanna. Number uh, five, Tim Allen. Number four. I hate this list. John Hamm. Number three, Kevin Costner. Number two, Steve Jobs. And number one, Tom Brady. Word. That's that's their list. What? That's their list. Um, now, you know... Uh, since this is a ranked list, right, Mike? I, in my mind, whatever number 10 did should be way less worse than number one, right? <laughs> that's that's right. the idea. Right. This is the rank, yeah. <sighs> Let's go over this here. Number 10, Mark Wahlberg. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but Mark uh, was a pretty horrible guy when he was a teenager, um, hmm. when he was 16, 16, he viciously attacked a Vietnamese man for no apparent reason other than he was Vietnamese and it was a racist attack. Uh, and apparently oh. Mark Wahlberg was high on PCP at the time. Ooh. Uh, and he yelled racist things at this man and almost murdered him. He beat him unconscious what? with a wooden plank. And wow. he was arrested for attempted murder. That That's a thing that has happened. It's in the books. That was on the record. That's a, that's a true story, Mike. True story. 
Wow. Pretty wild. Yeah. No yeah. Idea. It's one of those things. Most people don't don't know. Now, uh, that's number ten. That's number ten. I don't know if you're like me, but after that number ten, I'm like, what the. Tom Brady do it number one. <laughs> it's nine <laughs> steps higher on the audacity level than that. What? Mm -hmm. Did he lock all the doors of an yeah. apartment building and set the apartment building on fire? What did he do? <laughs> like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what Tom did. Let's go to number one. Um, Tom Brady went out with Bridget Moynihan back in 2004. Do you remember that? Hmm. Probably not. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I know not many people remember it, but he went out with Bridget Moynihan, uh, and they dated for a couple of years, and then they broke up in 2006. Uh, and after they broke up, several weeks after they broke up, Tom found out uh, she was uh, pregnant. Bridget was pregnant. And um, they... they Talked about what they would do with this pregnancy. Uh, he went with her to the hospital when they had the baby. Uh, he loved and supported the kid for 14 years. Uh, and both parents said that they're on good terms with each other uh, now and since throughout the, uh, the whole kid's lifetime. And uh, it's been a good co-parenting situation. <laughs> huh? That's... And that's that's what he did for number one on this list. Wow. He co-parented the shit out of a kid for 14 years. That's what he did. Word. That, what a monster. That's, that's number 10 and number nine. Number 10, uh, a racist beating mercilessly. Number one, co-parented a kid. Mm. Uh, uh, kindly, apparently, and investing lots of time into the kid. And the kid's happy, and both parents are apparently happy. Did, wow. Did I miss something? Did I... Is I, number 10 the worst, I, or is number one I the best? I don't... Uh, yeah, did I uh, misunderstand the <laughs> ranking? Like... <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not going to deny that there may be some difficulties in any co-parenting situation. But if you give me the choice of being beat to death with a piece of wood versus co-parented by two seemingly very nice individuals with lots of money, I, I think I'm going to choose the latter. I think, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You know. Now, okay, maybe you're like, Ben, that's one oddity in this list. That's 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 the outlier. Okay, let's look at number nine and number two. Number nine and number two. Mm. What did Jay-Z do to deserve to be number nine on this list? Well, back in 1999, when Jay was 30, he heard that Lance Rivera had leaked and bootlegged his album, The Life and Times of Sean Carter, Volume 3. If the listeners don't remember, that's the one with Big Pimpin'. Pretty big, pretty big jam right there. Uh, mm -hmm. So Jay and some friends uh, went to a party being held at the Kit Kat Club in Manhattan, where Lance was. And according to Jay's trial, Jay confronted Lance and stabbed him with a large knife. Jeez. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. He was charged with assault, faced up to 15 years in prison. Uh, after entering a plea deal, he ended up with three years of probation. Hmm. Now, 
Uh, once again, you're probably like, whoa, <laughs> seems pretty severe. Uh, I'm guessing number two did something absolutely horrendous. <laughs> well, let's let's go to let's go to number two here. Number two was Steve Jobs. What did Steve do? Well, hmm. he had a child with Kristen Brennan. Now, Steve didn't want to assume responsibility for the child, which is arguably, obviously, not good. He denied that it was his child, but after a paternity test proved that it was his kid, he paid child support, and then years later, he apologized to his child. She eventually moved in with him. He paid for her to go to Harvard and left her millions and millions of dollars when he died. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, that's what he did. That's... Mm-hmm. That the audacity. That's, oh, that's, oh my gosh. yes, yes, that's right. The, oh, he needs to get yes. canceled then. Yeah. So there, there you go. Nine and two. Now again, maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know. I, I, I. But uh, if you give me the choice between those two, I mean, again, who am I to argue that having a distant parent? whom you have a troubled relationship, isn't a traumatic and emotional situation. Sounds horrible. Sounds horrible. I don't want to be a Mm -hmm. part of it. But I'll tell you what sounds worse. Mm. Getting stabbed in the stomach with a large knife. Yeah. That, um... No, that would be way worse. Pass. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who's voting for this list, Mike. But... I don't know. I really feel like there was some severe Tom Brady hating going on here. That's a fact. Like, I mean, Tom, I just, I searched up and down for what was an issue with that. And I was just like, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, don't, I am confused. Mike, are there any other folks ranked on that list that you were interested in knowing the details of their deed of canceling? Were there any? That really uh, gotcha. I mean, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. You know, obviously, we're both a huge a fan. fan. What uh, again? Uh, is it the game? That one switches over. So that one, you know, he was eight on the list, and I'm gonna say with that one, yeah, he was like, you're eight. like, okay. Um, so Mike, uh, this is literally it. Uh, in the '80s, when Mike was playing, he was one of his proponents of a lockout for the players and for players' rights. Uh, Then, when he owned the Charlotte Hornets, he became a big proponent for the rights of the uh, owners. Hmm. That that was why he should be canceled. Because he had Uh, uh, millions and millions of dollars of interest in an owner now, and obviously he was going to look out for his own Mm. benefit. But because he used to be a player, uh, cancel that. No, thank you. Uh, That that was, and obviously when you compare it to uh, racist beating and stabbing in clubs, eh, it's it's way worse. Yeah, it's higher on the pretty wild on the list. It's a real grab bag. I mean, they're all just completely. They're all arguably bad things that you could look at as negative. But like, when you look at, you're just like, really? How? What? Did anybody that was voting for this go? I don't know if this seems right. These ranks seem a little bit off. But <laughs> anyways. 
Uh, well, Mike, now that we've learned what it means to rank something. So true. Uh, do you want to fire up the show that is consistently ranked worst show ever? Wait, what? Worldwide. Let's fire it up. Woo! Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Let's just set it on fire. <laughs> get, it, get it out of here. That is unne- unnecessary. Um, Mike, we do have a good show. I'm very excited. Uh, a great group. Amazing group from the UK, Stone Broken. Gonna have them on Zoom all the way from Walsall, England. Sweet. Yes. And we're gonna talk about their new album, new tour. Gonna talk favorite brands. We're gonna talk tea. English tea, mm. Mike. Yes. Are you a tea drinker? Oh, yeah. Love yeah. It. Love tea. Sweet tea, Thai tea, green tea. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I don't. It's one of those things I don't need to have. I could do it, but yeah. like you know, it's not like something like, oh, I haven't had my tea. You know, <laughs> I, I I guess I oh, need yeah. to. It's not like that. <laughs> need to get more British. I guess I'm gonna become yeah. more British. Anyways, Mike, we need to start mm-hmm. where we start. Birthday suit. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this first one's probably going to be <laughs> rough. But regardless, we will have a little uh, a little education, a little edification mm-hmm. if if you don't know it. You know? Cool. So that'll be good. Uh, yeah. Born on February 23rd, 1868. Ooh. Not Ooh. happening. Yep. <laughs> In Great Barrington, Massachusetts, our birthday suit wearer's parents were one of the few African-American families in Great Barrington. He went uh, went to an integrated school in Massachusetts and excelled in all academic pursuits. He graduated from Cyril's High School and then ended up going to Fisk University and HBCU in Nashville. After the bachelor's degree, he ended up going to Harvard he then went to the University of Berlin for graduate work in 1892. He came back from Europe in 1895 and graduated from Harvard, being the first African-American to receive a Ph.D. from Harvard. Over the next several years, he took several teaching jobs at Wilberforce and University of Pennsylvania. In 1897, he took a job at Clark University in Atlanta, during his time there, he produced many social science papers and books and hosted the yearly Atlanta Conference of Negro Problems. At the start of the 1900s, our birthday suit wearer was the second most known African-American in America behind Booker T. Washington. He published his most popular book in 1903 titled The Souls of Black Folk, a collection of 14 essays in 1903. In 1910, he accepted a job as uh, the director of publicity and research with the NAACP, where he edited the journal of the NAACP, The Crisis. In 1911, he wrote The Quest of the Silver Fleece. In 1920, he published Dark Water, Voices from Within the Veil. Our birthday suit wearer published over 100 books over his lifetime and was known as one of the most influential African Americans of the 20, uh, 20th century. Sadly, he passed away in 1963. In 2020, there are buildings, statues, landmarks dedicated to our birthday suit wearer around the country. <laughs> Name that birthday suit wearer. I'm going to get canceled for not knowing this. <laughs> Probably. Sorry, Mike. It's going to happen. Before you um, don't know it, before you say, I'm going to jump in. W.E.B. Du Bois. That's it. Yeah. 
Yes, happy birthday to W.E.D. Du Bois. There we go. Ah, nice. Do you, do you, <laughs> Thanks, you, you knew W.E.B., didn't you? You did. Oh, yeah, I did, actually. No, I didn't. You totally knew him. It's not good. Totally knew him. Yes, not he good. was a very popular uh, writer. Uh, in the African American community, uh, there were some. It was interesting the ebbs and flows of his career because you know he came in obviously uh, he was born right after the Civil War, mm-hmm. but then he uh, you know lived so long that he like I mean he went through the Jim Crow era. He went through civil or start of the civil rights in the 60s, the late 50s. Mm-hmm. So he saw all of these and like, you know, he at first he was seen as like the radical guy and then he became like the conservative guy, um, you know, but he was always this voice for, for African-Americans. And I mean, the souls of black folk, if you haven't read the essays, uh, check it out one of mm. I mean it is quintessential American literature right there needs mm. to be needs to be read and of course like I said first guy to ever get a PhD from Harvard African American to get a PhD from Harvard uh, huge yeah pretty 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 I mean to be able to do that in 1895 that's yeah. insane mm-hmm. that's that's just uh, breaking barriers fantastic W.E.B. Du Bois uh, happy birthday uh, let's see. This we're looking at the um, 150th. What? There we go. Mm. Or no, sorry, I'm dumb. What? A, I can't. I can't count. That's sad. Uh, 155 is what we're looking. 154. There you go. Good lord. 154. There we 154. go. 154. Sad. Anyways, okay. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip it up. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Mike, let's keep it in Florida for this first story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's head down uh, I-75 here to Lando Lakes. The old Lando Lakes, Florida Mm -hmm. there, right outside of Tampa. Uh, Here's the title of the article. Quote, Mom accused of providing 14-year-old boy with meth on multiple occasions to help him relax. Huh? <laughs> what? Word. Huh? Well, I know she's in Florida, but meth can't be our answer for everything. Come no. on, that's Mm-mm. it's not correct. Like, and this is this is actually a, a quote from the the story, Mike. The woman told police when she was arrested that she thought the drugs would help the victim relax. But it had an adverse effect. Mm. I'm going to have to say, Mike, (laughs) the drug didn't have an adverse effect there. Nope. The drug did what it was supposed to do. So true. Uh, That's like saying, well, I gave my son a gallon of laxatives to try and help it with his diarrhea, but it seemed to have an adverse effect. I don't. (laughs) It's weird. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, you gave him the wrong drug. Uh, maybe, you know, two. Maybe don't give a 14-year-old that. Hmm. Just a thought. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I mean, not to get on my parenting tip, Mike, but Girl, come just, on. Uh, just a thought. Just uh, throw yeah. it out there. You know? want to wait till at least 18, right? You know, exactly. For the mind to fully be developed. 
pretty pretty sure that's the legal age for amphetamines. Oh, wait, no, they're always illegal. Um, Mike, let's go back up the state to our broadcasting home, Jacksonville, Florida. Sweet. Yes. Ah. Yes. Now, you're nowhere near uh, our broadcasting home, so, Mike, you probably have no idea. Uh, but the city of Jacksonville has been receiving complaints for the last couple of years, really, hmm. about gross smells uh, coming from the city. Wait, what? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we got gross smells just floating around. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly, they're coming from the Paxson area, Hillcrest, and Murray Hill areas of the city. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. over the last two years, the city has received 2,869 complaints of terrible smells. And the complaints really started picking up summer of 2020. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What's well, going on? Have no fear, though, Mike. The city of Jacksonville has now started putting up sensors that detect odor throughout the city to help determine the source of the odor. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hmm. I was thinking, how embarrassing would it be if the sensors narrowed it down to just one old gassy dude? Like, for that guy. And like, all right, looks like we found the source of city uh, smell. It's Jeff. Lives on 15th. He stinks. It's just Jeff. He's just really old and stinky. That's it. Like, be sad. Be sad. His um, office is, like, at the top of, like, one of the buildings. and Just it's, floating. It's, uh... Very breezy up there. The windows are open. It's bad. It's bad. Anyways, Mike, are you going to go around with me this weekend farting around all the sensors? I think that's what we need. Uh, to do. Wait, what? I think now we need to spray, spray some uh, Glade on the stop signs around Jacksonville. Just, just, <laughs> that should be good. I hung an air freshener on everyone. We're good. It's pine tree. It's pretty strong. Sweet. Um, Mike, do you want to hear about England or shark attack? Ooh, shark attack. Okay. This is I think I saw this in Australia. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. No, that was actually a sad one because that person died. This person oh, yeah, didn't did. die uh, here. Okay, uh, well, that's good. This is a scary moment <laughs> down in the dry Tortugas. Always Ooh. makes you feel very piratey when you talk about the old Tortugas. Am I right? Just very... Uh, I don't know where... Where is that? <laughs> tortugas. <laughs> what? Uh, no, uh, I have no idea. No, it's in the uh, Caribbean. We're down Caribbean. We're right okay. right right below Florida, the dry tortugas. That makes sense. Yeah. Um well this past weekend, uh Heather <laughs> West was down there and Heather's from uh Texas. And mm. uh she she likes to go on just wild trips. And she went down there for some uh, snorkeling. And so she was uh snorkeling in the dry tortugas when she felt tugging at her ankle. She looked down and saw a six-foot lemon shark just gnawing away at her ankle. Jeez. Yeah. 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 She uh, said it kept tugging and tugging, and I could feel its teeth in my ankle. Mm. <laughs> now, that's literally word for word what the article says. Literally right after that in the article, the next two sentences are... Lemon sharks can grow to 11 feet and inhabit coastal waters close to swimmers, surfers, and divers. But they present little threat to humans. What? 
<laughs> I'm going to say Heather West is going to d- disagree with you on that statement there. I'm mm-hmm. just, maybe, you know, when she's got half of her ankle falling off, she might be like, hey, a little bit of damage. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But then Heather goes on to say uh, she was wearing flippers and uh, my kick wasn't doing too much damage to the shark. So I decided to lean forward and start punching it. I punched it in the face over and over again as hard as I possibly could. After about 30 seconds, it finally let go. So apparently uh, Heather's a fan of Dane Cook. Stand up, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Apparently. I was thinking that too. Yeah, such a yeah, great bit. It is. That's a good one. That's good. But then I was more attracted. Like I, I wanted to mention Dane, but I was more attracted to the next sentence of the story. So she describes how she punched the shark. Then literally the next sentence in the story is, the dry tortugas are home to a 19th century fort where Samuel Mudd, a doctor who treated the man who killed Abraham Lincoln, was once in prison. Wait, what? But little else. Mm. <laughs> How the f*** does that pertain to Heather's shark bite? Like, They're trying to change is, the subject. What, what is this journal? Like, did this actually happen when this journalist was talking to Heather? Was she, like, explaining, like, so anyways, I was punching the shark in the face, finally decided to let go. And he's like, Really? It's interesting. Hmm. Did you know the dry tortugas are home to a fort uh, from the <laughs> 1800s that once housed John Wilkes Booth? Crazy, right? Anyways, what were you saying about a shark? <laughs> I don't don't remember. Like, what? Huh? How did you get on that, you crazy <laughs> a-hole? Uh, ADD. Uh, he needs to go to our friend there in Landa Lakes, see what, see what <laughs> she's got for him, our great pharmacist. Uh, Mike... Meth. Mike, uh, yeah, I'm going to save both of these before uh, uh, until after the break. We're going to take a break. Okay. We are going to hear from our guest here, Stone Broken. We'll be right back on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't done so, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Just go ahead and click that one button, and it'll do you worlds of good. Word. Better than any multivitamin that you can take Mm -hmm. out on the market. Your day will feel brighter. The sun will feel warmer. The breezes will feel more hmm. whatever breezes are supposed to feel like. Breezy? I don't know. Yeah. Re- relaxing <laughs> breeziness? Yes, breezy. Yeah. More breezy. Yes. Well, Breezier. unless you unless you don't like breeziness, then they'll feel less breezy. Either way, yeah. it will it will solve all of your problems in life. Uh mm-hmm. Now, as a normal commercial goes, now I will do the fine print. Actually, subscribing to our show will not do any of those things. Nope. (laughs) Thanks for subscribing, guys. Uh, Mike, we need to thank the regular listeners. 
So oh, yeah. here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Barcelona, Spain, Anoka, Minnesota, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Peoria, Illinois, Piracai, Brazil, Winfield, West Virginia, San Diego, California, Moscow, Russia, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Genoa, Italy, Frankfurt, Germany, Richard, Texas, KD, Texas. There we go. Sweet. There we go. I had to drop yes. a couple off of the list, sadly. Hopefully they come back. We'll put them right back on the regulars. There were a couple that they they didn't listen this week, and I was like, yeah. I, I can't, I can't, in all integrity of the list, just put you on this <laughs> list if you're not a regular. That can't happen, you know. True. It's, if we don't True. have the uh, uh, what, what am I looking for here, Mike? Uh, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, don't know. you need to listen to the show every week. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Uh, semi-regulars, Mike, this is big for you. First on the list. Shout out to Biloxi, Mississippi. Shout out. Mm. Yeah. Framingham, Massachusetts. Leo Minster, Massachusetts. Charlotte, North Carolina. Vancouver, Canada. Halton, Michigan. Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Munich, Germany. Riddings, United Kingdom. Mount Vernon, Washington. Stuttgart, Germany. Portland, Oregon. Los Angeles, California. Magna, uh, Utah and Punta Arenas, Costa Rica. Mm, shout out. Yes. Punta Arenas. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Before I get to Punta Arenas, uh, Mike, Biloxi. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Biloxi. They've been putting in the work on the show. They've been yeah. doing it. If, if they keep putting in that work, there's a regular Regulars. spot for them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a regular spot for them. They can be right up there with Moscow, Russia, who got their regular spot just a couple of weeks Sweet. ago. Now, Moscow, I've got my eye on you. One, for <laughs> geopolitical reasons. Two, if you stop <laughs> listening, uh, we may have to take you off the regular list. But yeah. we'll see. Uh, but before I move on, uh, Punta Arenas, Mike. Great looking place. So true. Yeah. Great. I, I'll be honest, never heard of it until they listened to the show. Nope. And uh, I, I checked it out. West coast of Costa Rica. West coast. So it's on the Pacific side there. Hmm. And uh, pretty warm. Not a month below 80 there. Average temp, not a month below 80. Very nice. I mean, that would make sense since they're pretty much like right on the equator. But uh, apparently in Punta Arenas, they do a snow cone called the Churchill. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Why does that it sound amazing? It seems like like a milkshake meets a snow cone. Yeah. And, and like I got I gotta say, you know, I feel like on a hot Punta Reynas day, like when it's like, you know, eighty eight, sun's beating down on you, you come in there into a nice cool <laughs> bar with the, the fan breezing on you. You're looking out there in the blue waters of the Pacific. You get a nice cold Churchill. Oh. Mm. oh. Yeah, it sounds Sweet. great. Tell me that's not living. That's living right there. That's living. P Punta Reynas. You get a couple more listens. Me and Mike, live show. <laughs> live show. After live show. After we do, after we do po' boys there, after we go to Pop's Po' Boys and ruin their business, <laughs> ruin their lives, we will come your way. It'll happen. Yeah. Um, Churchill's in hand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and just like Pop's Po' Boy, we'll keep it going. We'll play a little Wonderwall to start off the show. Oh, yeah. And all the regulars <laughs> will know. Uh, Mike, 
Got to do a little follow-up here. Got a little previously on the Doc G Show. Oh. Previously on the Doc G Show. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, you remember last week, LeVar Burton. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. LeVar Burton. Yeah, LeVar Burton. It's his, his yeah. birthday. Well, apparently, he did a little thing for his birthday. He went on to The Daily Show. You know, they did a little... They did a little uh, poking, poking fun, you know, at the ridiculousness oh. of some uh, of some areas in the country that have been restricting and banning books, and uh, oh. yeah, they they made a little bit of fun of it. And then Lavar Burton said there are plenty of books to choose from, but you know what? Read the books they don't want you to. That's where the good stuff is. Yeah. 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 LeVar being a rebel. That's right. Get it, LeVar. Mm-hmm. Everything is right in the world when you look in that man's face. So true. My God, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not joking, guys. Look into LeVar Burton's eyes and you will be like, you know what? I'm not worried about a single thing. This nope. guy, this guy puts me at ease. He puts me mm-hmm. at ease. I'm gonna go read some banned books. So shout out to LeVar Burton. Shout out. Still giving the good recommendations on books. Shout out to yeah, LeVar. Um, Mike, do you remember a couple weeks ago we had the list of top places to raise a family? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Wallet Hub. Wallet Mm -hmm. Hub was telling us this. Well, uh, Rocket Homes apparently got the message, and Rocket Homes was like, you know what? We're going to do the same list. Word. Except instead of states, we're going to do straight up cities. Boom. There we go. There we go. So Rocket Homes released their best cities to raise a family in. Now, if you remember from the Wallet Hub list, Mike, uh, Massachusetts, number one. Number one. Numero uno. Literally on the Rocket Homes list, there was only one Massachusetts city in the top ten, and it was number ten. Oh, come on. Ah, not good. Doesn't seem like something's adding up with these two lists, Mike. It seems seems like it's off. We need to run it through the ranking.com system. That's right. Whatever that was. It's much was. better. <laughs> Rankers.com will really get the good ones there. They'll you <laughs> what? I don't know if that is. Oh, that <laughs> seems weird. Number one. Said num- number one's in Afghanistan? They've had a rough last couple of years. I don't know. That seems Seems like there's a lot of infighting there. But I guess if they tell me to raise a family there, all right, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, number one is Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hmm. What? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. What? I don't know what about these doing? lists, Mike. I just, these, I feel like people don't understand rankings these days. I don't know. It's just off on me. But anyways, those were two things that I felt like I had to follow up on, Mike, that we've talked about before. Mike, I've got two Hmm. stories that were left over that I also want to mention. Uh, Do you remember back on January 12th when we celebrated Tim Horton's birthday? Yeah, for sure. And you remember how we talked about Tim Horton uh, being a coffee and donut restaurant. Extremely popular in Canada. Yeah. 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 Apparently, uh, the brand hasn't been doing so well over like the last year and a half or so. Basically, the uh, pandemic really put a crunch on their numbers there. Yeah. Well, they had an idea. They had an idea to really help out the company. It essentially, is the same idea that DJ Khaled had 
uh, they should team up with Justin Bieber. Word. That was yeah. Tim Horton's idea. And uh, a couple months ago, or yeah, a couple months ago, they released Tim Biebs Tim Bits. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Exactly. Ex- apparently, but. these are donut holes uh, made out of three flavors that Justin Bieber personally worked on. These were things mm. that he was highly involved with, and he wanted these to be his flavors. And I got to be honest, they're f- weird. Um, <laughs> these are the three flavors that they come in, Mike. Chocolate white fudge, sour cream chocolate chip, and birthday cake waffle. Hmm. It's weird. Dr. E, do you think that's weird? I don't know. They sound quite appetizing. I don't know if appetizing is the right word, but they sound nice. If Beebs came to me with those flavors, knowing that it's Beeb, I'd be like, hey, this is interesting, Justin, but I'm going to have to tell you, we're not selling these to raccoons. Nope. These are going to be to humans. <laughs> so we're going to have to come up with some different flavors. These are not trash pandas that are going to be eating these. Like, just, I mean, sour cream chocolate chip. What? Just, I don't know. Maybe I'm too plain Jane for the Beebs, but, uh... I don't know. Just give me the chocolate chip, Beebs. Come on. The sour cream donuts with some chocolate chips? That's gross, man. That's I don't awesome. need any sour cream. No. <laughs> Just give me chocolate chips. Come on. Give me chocolate. Give me chocolate, baby. Yes! Chocolate white fudge? <laughs> I don't need white in my chocolate fudge. No. Chocolate white fudge is just chocolate without the actual cocoa, and that's gross. Yeah. Nobody wants yeah. that. Birthday cake waffle, that's the only one I'm interested in. That one does sound pretty interesting. Yeah. I See, that's mind. one, yeah. That I wouldn't great. mind being part of that. But the other two, it's just like sideways of looking at chocolate. Just go chocolate. If you're going to go chocolate, do it. Yeah, it's cliche. Yeah. yeah, people have done it. But go hard in the paint. Do it. Do it for real. Mm-hmm. Anyways, apparently Tim Beeb's tidbits, or Tim Bits, uh, <laughs> alone... <laughs> Caused the company's sales to rise 10.3% in the last quarter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I I mean, sort of like I alluded to in my mistake right there, Mike. (sighs) Call me crazy, but eating something called Tim Tim Biebs Tim Bits makes (laughs) me think I'm eating Justin Bieber's (laughs) I don't... Yeah, kind of. I don't think I'm okay with that. Uh, No. Especially... Especially in sour cream chocolate chip. I'm not... Mm. Gross. Gross. Um, Yeah. Anyways, Mike, moving on from his uh, Tim Tim bits. Uh, Do you ever watch (laughs) the show Frasier back in the the day, the 90s, 2000s? I watched a few episodes. I definitely watched a few episodes. I know the the plot. I know the rundown of the show. Yeah, it's a jam. I'm a a fan of it. And uh, that's why this next title of a story reeled me in. Uh, The title is, quote, Frasier-inspired killer covered up milkshake murder of her rich boyfriend with fake suicide. Wait, what? What? Yeah. And I read that. Frasier-inspired killer. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make sense. 
Exactly. I was like, I don't remember where anybody in the Frasier gang murdered their boyfriend and then covered <laughs> it up. And I was like, yeah, I guess I better read the story. So I read the story, and it's disturbing and horrible. Uh, basically, this lady gave her husband sedatives in a milkshake and then and, and killed him uh, and then tried to make it look like it was suicide so she could uh, take all of his money. That's basically mm. it. Uh, and after I read all the details, I was like, uh, still not seeing the Frasier connection. Nope. Uh, <laughs> and then it gives the Frasier connection. Here it is. Apparently, before she committed this murder, she wrote a friend back in 2020 and said, I was watching an episode of Frasier when Niles needed Frasier to lie in court and say he didn't know that Niles was in love with Daphne. It got me thinking, if only I could ask somebody to say that my boyfriend was telling them he was planning a suicide several days before he passed away. Hmm. That's it, Mike. That's the connection. So she watched a sitcom where a guy was supposed to go in front of a judge and answer questions to whether he knew or not his brother was in love with a woman. And her (laughs) take-home message was, maybe I could cover up a murder with someone lying in court. Mm -hmm. That was was her, yeah. Yeah, Just a little stretch. Just a little bit. She must have done Just horribly at reading comprehension questions in school. <laughs> like, I mean, so true. Natasha, what did you uh, learn from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Well, I would say the big takeaway message here of the story is that if you have a, a gang of seven dwarves, you could commit a lot of large scale robberies. I think that <laughs> sounds what's going on here. What? No! And Frazier did not tell you, and you, your inspiration was there, but it was wrong. So true. It was very misplaced. Bad inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so weird, Mike. I was like, man, <laughs> man. And she was literally, like I always say on the show, she was literally bouncing that off of someone else. Uh, and I'm surprised the other person just wasn't like, what the is wrong with you, Natasha? Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be back with none other than Chris Key and Rich from Stone Broken right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are extremely lucky to have Rich, Chris, and Key from the fantastic band Stone Broken, who have a new album, Revelation. I've already got my signed copy reserved if you don't you're missing out it's coming out april 15th the tour starts april 20th fellas how's it going not too bad not too bad not bad bad. good good now uh this this tour this album you guys have already had to already had to push it back a bunch um this planned january last but this is your actual first tour 
since COVID, right? A tour, not not just one show. It, that's that's yeah. It's it's been absolutely crazy. I mean, the, the, it's what we do. We Stone Broken are a touring band. It's what we have done always since we started. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and yeah, for, for the past sort of eighteen months here in the UK, it's not been possible to do our full tour. You know, it's 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 a you know for, for the UK, it's quite a long tour. So um, you know, there's a lot of risks involved in getting uh, through the whole tour without a hitch. So it's it's. It just meant that it was delayed and then delayed again. I think this is the third time mm. that it's been rescheduled now. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm. But well, I'm, I'm glad to say that it looks as though April is going to be the month to do it because uh, all of the rules and regulations are going to be relaxed sort of at the end of March. So Nice. Now, uh, we'll finally get back out on the road. <laughs> Chris, about touring, what's the thing you miss most outside of playing? Obviously, playing's the 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 major deal. But outside of that, what's the one thing that every now and then you just sit around and you're like, "Wish I was doing that right now." What's what's the thing on tour that you miss? Um, it's snoring. What's that? It's definitely, definitely not that. <laughs> Key said, uh, "Key said he's snoring" because I normally have to share a room with Key. Oh no! And oh no! Snoring, and I. I it's one thing that I just boils me up is snoring for some reason. So uh, yeah, but definitely don't miss that. But I think the, the the biggest thing is just getting out and seeing places and being out in the you know in the out outside world kind of thing. You know, when you're doing for the past two years, what we've been doing is just been locked away and just kind of in the same place and you know in where we live yeah. um but obviously when you tour you get out and you get to see the country if we tour abroad we get to see new countries so that's kind of the main thing for me is just being out <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i i can sympathize with the snoring i i i'm too light of a sleeper if that if i was in the room with kieran i'd be i'd be up all night i, I just oh that is me yeah i'm a light <laughs> sleeper as well it, it, <laughs> anything that moves like anything that changes when i'm sleeping i will wake up the lightest the lightest thing somebody moves something so like i feel like if i were going on tour it would be a nightmare for like the first like month because i just wouldn't sleep any night ever just because i'm i'm horrible it's like it's it's like one of the things i'm worst at sadly is sleeping i wish i wish i was better at it it's, no, it's i'm the same i'm the same like um like kieran's the opposite kieran literally his, his head hits a pillow he's gone but and i look at him sometimes and i think oh i'm so envious i wish i could literally just you know be that guy that could just just drift off yeah you know in the but i'm not yeah we, we've been sort of um when we toured parts of um, Europe and Scandinavia, we were um, renting like Airbnbs, so it was like we had a little house to have. Yeah, and um, and so like our bedroom would be next to Kieran and Chris's, <laughs> and throughout the night, I can I can for one I can hear Kieran snoring through the wall. <laughs> oh wow! And, and and for two, I can hear Chris banging on things trying to get Kieran to wake up and stop snoring. It's. <laughs> I've been there, Chris. I've been there, definitely. Yes, I, I I've been there. And my my old roommate was the same way. I he would lit- he would come in from work and just like fall over on the couch in the most bizarre way and just be asleep in like a minute. And I'd just be like, yeah. How how did that happen? I wish I could do that. That's amazing. Definitely a superpower, I think. Some people just have it, and they, they have that ability just to 
you know, lights out. It is. It's it's not it's not an amazing superpower. It's not going to bring people to a movie theater or anything. But it's but, it's but it's a good one. The good thing about touring America is you guys have uh, melatonin just mm. available. In yeah, the we don't really have that. It's hard to get over mm. here. So when um, as soon as we got to America, I, I found out you could just buy melatonin. So yeah. I was like, what? What's the heaviest dosage <laughs> I could get? So I just bought bottles of melatonin to have on the tour. You gotta watch. It was great. <laughs> you gotta watch out though. It'll make you groggy. That'll it'll yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah. It will definitely yeah. hold on. Now, now on, going on tour, I noticed uh, you guys on YouTube. You you had recently you had you had a taste off because you guys have your your brands that you bring on the road. And I was watching this, and and you know the the one that makes me that that made me the most interested, being a weirdo from the United States. Uh, was the tea? Hmm. Uh, you you guys put your tea to the test, and um, I, I think the only defining taste of tea we have in the United States is sweet. So you know we just put like eight pounds of sugar in it, and we're like that's good, and call it a day. Now the two brands you guys like are, are PG and Yorkshire, and, and Kieran, you're the only fan of PG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're gonna need to describe to me why it's the tea brand of choice. Um, and I would also like to point out, I'll, I'll give you more credit because your Instagram name is Basin T. So, yep. <laughs> I, I mean, you've dedicated part of your name to T. So I feel like <laughs> it adds a little bit more credence to your uh, to 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 your advice. So give me give me the PG brand pitch. It's good. <laughs> Drink it and <laughs> sit. <It's> tasty. <laughs> Advertisement of the year. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine on the on the branding PG tips. It's good. It's good. That's it. It's good. That's it. Girl should be an ambassador. Yeah. Get me sponsored. I'll be great. Yeah. Right beside the the monkey. Right. You got the the yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I like it. I like it. Now well, I, I think that that that's kind of um, a characteristic of tea drinkers. Very minimalistic. They know what they like. And they know why they like it, and that's that's it. I mean, but like like I said, Kieran is the only one that does like PG tips. The rest of the band, like three out of four, is Yorkshire tea. Mm. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just be honest. Like Yorkshire is better for some reason, <laughs> you is. know, and it, it's just a better taste. So mm. okay, okay, let, let me put it like this: like PG tips is good. Yorkshire tea is amazing. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, like, now you guys did you did you guys did Coke and Pepsi there as well. I feel like I I yeah. sort of do the same thing with with that. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Coke guy, but uh, Pepsi I like. I'm not gonna turn it down. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be one of those things. If I come to a restaurant, and they're like Pepsi. I like. I'll take it. You know. I but <laughs> but like you know. I do find those people that get really brandy that when they're you know when when they're like oh it's Pepsi and they're like ah I'm leaving the restaurant. I'm like that's a little bit much. We can we we can make do. It's it's still sugar. It's fine. It will be okay. <laughs> like. Yeah, now uh, PG is just the tips, right? That's the difference. Huh? It's it's just the top <laughs> top of the T. That, that's Kira's life altogether. Okay, <laughs> just the tip, just the that's tip. The tip. Oh, not, just the not, tip. Not fully in, just the tip, <laughs> just the tip. Yeah. I, it's so that good. You only need a little bit of it. I mean, I I feel like it's been so uh, they they made it so long ago. Like that wasn't part of the branding, but it just seemed to work well afterwards. Like I mean, it just seemed to work. The joke seemed to work itself out for the brand afterwards. They were like, "Man, it's good. This is good." Oh yeah. Uh, 
Now, since I've derailed on tea for a little bit, I do always have to derail on food in my um, in my interviews. And you guys are from Walsall, uh, England, and yep. uh, which yep. is like outside of Birmingham. Um, yeah, not, yeah, not far. Pretty, yeah, pretty close to Birmingham. Now, if I'm coming there, where should I eat? If I call you guys up and I'm like, I need a place to eat. Where are you going to tell me to eat? Warsaw. Well, Warsaw. I, I think the first thing is we'll, we'll drive out of Warsaw and go somewhere out of Warsaw. It's a, that's a common theme I've heard from a lot of English artists. It's kind of, come on, the, the whole country. There's got to be some good places. Where, where, where in England would you tell me? So, so I mean, quintessential British food is a roast dinner. Okay, I feel. Um, and there is a chain in the UK. It's called Toby Carvery, mm. and it's it's a self serve place. Nice. Uh, they they sort of slice the meats for you, and then you um, go at the uh, potatoes and vegetables and as much gravy as you like. And I mean, the, the amount of times on tour that we have stopped at a Toby Carvery because we are craving vegetables <laughs> is uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we, it's it's got to be at least twice at all. Nice. Three times at all. Yeah, we're so not I, a, probably... so we're not a diva band, but that is kind of the thing that we always say to our tour manager. Can we be by Toby Carver, please? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah. it is true. Because getting vegetables on, on a tour is, is harder than it sounds. I mean, you, you a lot of the time you've not got a lot of time, so you need yeah. to go for some kind of fast food. But um there are a few occasions where like a hotel that we're staying at has a Toby Carver right next to it and we'll go there. And it's it's amazing because we get some nutrients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I have heard that you know constant theme with touring bands. You start to start to get a little malnourished after a while. It starts to I mean, make bad decisions on bad decisions of food, and leads to oh, you know what? We haven't seen anything green in the last week and a half. Maybe is, I mean <laughs> the, the greenest thing that you've seen is the lettuce on a Big Mac. I mean that's that's about <laughs> as much as you get. <laughs> so so it, was in um in the states we had a uh, we used to visit Cracker Barrel. Quite a lot. Nice. That would be our kind of British tradition. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it was, it's kind of our answer to Cracker Barrel, I guess. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. My my dad would be thoroughly thoroughly happy with your choice of Cracker Barrel. He is <laughs> huge fan. It's known as the CB in my family, and anytime you know what, it's a CB night tonight. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Yeah, we went, we went a few times. We went to Cracker Barrel, didn't we? Every week, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we try we try to go every Sunday because like Sunday yeah. lunch is a thing in the UK, and um, and one cracker barrel that we went into, obviously when we were ordering, people used to obviously recognise that we weren't from the US, and um, and we had this one waitress who came up and um, and she obviously asked us where we were from and what we were doing in America and and, and everything, and we we told her that we were in a band, mm. and and she showed a real interest, and we said, look, that we've got a show, like. It's it's not far from here. Come along. We'll put you on the guest list, and and there she was at the nice. show. It was amazing. Nice. So. Recruited recruited a Cracker Barrel. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Now, did you did you on Sunday lunch? Did you actually go for the breakfast? Because I mean, you know, they serve breakfast all day, and it's pretty delicious. I don't think I, you had a No. Oh, you got to hit it next time. Breakfast for dinner. Okay. That's the best thing. That's uh. <laughs> okay. You know, go, going in at like 10 p.m. and hitting up pancakes and, and bacon. Yes. Sweet. Yes. Uh, we've nice. we done a few diners that done, yeah. done that. 
Yeah, well, yeah, the the best right. thing about it is, is you know, it's always going to be like good. It's so hard to screw up breakfast food that it's like wherever you go, if they screw up pancakes and bacon, you're like, wow, you guys, <laughs> you guys don't know how to cook. Um, now on Walsall, I noticed this. This is this is a true thing. I uh, went on YouTube and I was like, uh, I was looking up Walsall, and I noticed there was a uh, video where it said it was the second worst place to live in the UK based off of a national survey uh, in 2017. Uh, would you deny or accept that assertion, guys? Uh, we probably accept that. <laughs> probably, yeah. It probably, yeah. probably is, you know, it's, it's up there with the worst. Most oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. mm. glamorous of places, but, you know, we can't lie. It's also second. What's first? Well, that's what, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, what do you guys think? would be worse that you would put above it i mean oh, not man. to i don't i don't want to offend any of the other uk oh, no. listeners <laughs> this, out this, there yeah, this is the, the risk that we've run is uh mentioning somewhere where our fans from oh, that yeah. place are gonna be like what what <laughs> this ain't the worst place what are you talking about oh man uh, I, I wouldn't even know what would be worse than warsaw really <laughs> <laughs> if, if i'm totally honest because uh i mean warsaw's what like Back in the day, Warsaw had a lot going for it. it had the, the the leather industry was here, mm. you know, the, and even now, so have you still got the old traditional, uh, the called saddlers? They used to make leather saddles for horses. Yeah, uh, and this room that I'm in right now, when we were uh, kind of doing this room out um, in in the rafters of the the ceiling, there was um, nails in there mm. uh, with horses' names above, and there was a horseshoe attached to them. You know, so wow. and, and so it was. It's got a, a lot of heritage, but no, it doesn't have an identity, I don't feel. There's nothing special ha about it, and I think that's probably why. Has it moved forward? It's still in 1840. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, I mean, we're in, it's called a listed building. It's a grade two listed building, which means that we can't actually do a lot of work in here because we, you have to keep the, the original structure. Yeah. You can't change anything at all. Uh, so we just had to build on top of what we had here. So, you know, it, it is very much still... An, an old kind of town they've tried to regenerate it um and i believe there's plans uh coming up now where the the, the local council are going to invest a lot of money in the town center but i mean we'll back in, I, I think it's it's like back in the day it used to be a big shopping town mm -hmm. but um, i think now obviously we like online and everything um shops have just closed down so you go into the town it's all boarded up like loads of shops are just closed so it's lost that kind of thing about it that it had back in the day well last week we had uh, floodlights robbed from our studio oh we did yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's we, an we, interesting we thing to have stolen <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we turn up at our uh, studio um realize that the power's uh, gone out um and we, we're trying to figure out why. So I'll go over to the fuse board, about to switch it back on, and Robin notices outside that our security lights had been ripped off the wall. And um, they had left the live power cables still attached. <laughs> luckily, luckily the, the fuse board did what it needed to do, and it tripped. Um, but yeah, and we look back on, on, our, on our camera, and it was just a random person who decided to come along and tear them off the wall for no apparent purpose. I, I, well, I mean... If they were actually using them, I feel like that'd be one of those things that I'd be like, ah, maybe they needed them more than us. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, if, I, I the, think, the thing is, when, when he ripped them off, he left the power cable, so it wasn't actually attached to any kind of power lead. Mm. So completely unusable. Sort of, anyway. it's yeah. just, just it's be, someone who was bored and just fancied yeah. something to do. Just being an a-hole. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I think with a lot of 
lot of characters in Warsaw, you just can't question their logic. You just go, <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, because if you try and back your brain on that, you'll just be there all day, just sending yourself crazy. So I'm yeah, t- I'm torn. I was I was trying to make a comparison to the United States, and when you f- first when you were first giving it the ranking there and agreeing with the ranking, I was in between Mississippi and West Virginia, and I was like, yeah. But then the sort of forgotten history, I go to the Midwest. I'm more like, that's Ohio. Because, like, you go to Ohio and it's just sort of like, we used to have a lot of industry here. This used to happen. Now it's known Mm. as the Rust Belt. So, like, you know, it's. It's it's tough. That, that is literally Warsaw. That is literally Warsaw. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I might go on uh, uh, West Virginia because it's got a little bit of both. It's got you okay. know it's got the forgotten past, but it's also no one's going to brag about living in West Virginia. There's not <laughs> going to anybody be like, yeah, that's right, West Virginia. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, okay, all right. No, 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 I got a good feeling of it. I got it. You guys have been uh, a band for like almost ten years now. Uh, it's. it's- it's coming up to yeah, yeah, yeah. Al- almost a decade. <laughs> now, when you guys, I mean, you came together as sort of two bands. Chris and Kieran were in a band, and and Rich and Robin were in a band. It, it seems sort of like when you guys got together, it was like, okay, this is this is the professional time. This is the the you know we're gonna do it as a as a band. Was was that sort of the mindset when you guys came in? Was like, okay. We're doing music full time. This is our this is our life. I think that was the the goal all along. Um, I remember when we first started having a conversation with Kieran because it was Kieran who we met first out of Kieran and Chris. And um, I remember we were talking over Messenger or or probably email actually. <laughs> and uh, and Kieran was like, "So, are, are you you know dead serious? This is what you, you want to do? Like, are you because in in a lot of bands who they they start very soon. The uh, enthusiasm tends to die. Uh, so I think, I mean, Kieran was on very much the same page in that you know this is we've we've been in those bands. We've been in the bands where it it doesn't get off the ground and there's not enough enthusiasm. And, and I'm kind of done with that. Yeah, I want to I want to give this one a real shot. And um, and Kieran was on the same page. Obviously, Robin was. And then Kieran got Chris in from an old band that he was in and i found out probably um about three years ago that chris only wanted to be in the band temporarily and he still hasn't left so that's it i'm just that lodger that they just can't get rid of <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm glad he stayed obviously because i mean I, I i didn't even realize that he was only trying he was only going to be helping kieran out for a while but the, the thing the thing is like what we touched upon like was in i was in so many bands that just didn't work out and like i was in cover bands where there's arguments like mm. cover bands where you think if you can make anything work a cover band should you you know you just play other people's songs you go out and gig but even though there's drama in them so i just before um Kevin talked to me about this band. I was, I was kind of done. Yeah. So when the, when he asked me to join, I was like, oh, okay. And because I was really nice, I just thought, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll help these guys out for a bit, and then you know they can find someone permanent, and I'll go off and you know do whatever. I, but, I don't yeah, know. You know, cover bands can be tough. Cover bands because everybody oh, has their ha, has their opinion of how that band acts, and it's like, no, 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 no. No, he didn't wear that in the second album. You're wearing the wrong thing. Wow. Give me, give me. Like the rock star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, 
You got you gotta you gotta sing the songs exactly the same. Oh, Chris, were you ever like, what, were you worried as far as arguments because of Rich and Robin being in a relationship? Because I know, like, I just in an idea, I would be hesitant. Like, I don't know, that could be volatile. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, it, it wasn't something that I knew about. Like, like when Kieran asked me to join, it, it, it didn't say anything. Like, he just said, "Oh, the, oh, we'll we'll meet we'll meet up with Rich and Robin." Yeah. So it wasn't really formally announced. Yeah. So I just kind of figured it out. So it wasn't something like before I met up with them, I thought, oh, God, there's going to be like arguments. <laughs> um, it's going to be Fleetwood Mac them, all over again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, when, obviously, when I met them and stuff and, you know, got like figured out their personalities, I was like, okay, it's not, it's not the same dynamic as kind of a lot of if any other couple was in the band. I think. Yeah, what Rich and Robin do, they they when they're in the band, they're just bandmates, you know. And obviously, private life is different. So, you know, and other other people, other couples, probably can't really do that. They bring kind of personal baggage within the band, but you know, Rich and Robin don't do that. So, it's not really something that you nice. kind of pick up on. Nice. I just huh? Uh, oh no, that's right. I'm I'm adding. I was I was about. I just for some reason when you were saying Rich and Robin, I started thinking of the Black Crows, and I was like, is that their and I was like, no, it's Chris and Rich. That's right. It's Chris, and their last name is Robinson. That's why I'm thinking. I was like, Rich and Robin? Yeah. And then Black Crows. Nope, nope. I'm off. Um, now, I've heard you guys talk about your style as far as music. Big you know, big sound, big riffs, sing-along choruses. When, when you guys started out, did you, did you have... Like, did you have a concept of what you wanted to sound like, or was it just one of those? You started jamming, and this is what came out when all four pieces got together. I think it's it's kind of the the latter. Like we 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 just started. Um, the, the first thing we wanted to do was get into a room and make some noise. I mean, that's really where it started. Um, and then we just started writing some songs, and and it kind of developed over time, really. Mm -hmm. Nice. And um, I, I, don't, I don't think we ever kind of set out to do a particular thing. Right. Um, but I, I don't think it would have worked that well if we put that kind of restraint on our writing, I guess. Yeah. Um, we kind of let it flow naturally. Um, and that's kind of progressed and progressed and progressed to um, to where we are now, I guess. Yeah. Kind of trying to carry that forward into um, everything that we do now. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Rich, you you brought up in a in a Q and A you guys had just the other day where you and Rich and uh, you and Robin were doing uh, Q and A, and I heard you've been digging on some Miley recently. You were, oh yeah, <laughs> talk, talking about and and you you said something when you were talking about liking Miley Cyrus that that I definitely believe, and I think you know it's one of those things that isn't sold enough is where you were like, doesn't matter what genre it is if it's a good song. It's a good song. You, I mean, yeah. you, you know, I'm a big believer because you can, you can jazz it up, you can distort guitars, you can put a choir behind it, but it's still gonna be when you strip it down, a banger or not, a jam or not. Uh, yeah. What makes exactly. some of Miley's jams good for you? So, I, I was brought up uh, listening to. Um, there was kind of like two extremes. There was. Um, my dad was listening to Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and T-Rex and bands like that. Classic. And then, yeah. And then my mom would listen to Motown um, and funk and pop. Also you know, classic. Um, 
exactly and and kind of so for, for me in any song that i listen to if there is one moment in there that makes me go oh what was that 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 will get me hooked and um and a lot of the time it can be the vocal tone i think miley's voice is ridiculously good um i, I love a rasp in a mm -hmm. female vocal and she's got like that yeah um the the groove it's it's kind of it's it's almost like she's sort of turned back the 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 time on the the record it's there's Fleetwood Mac vibes in there mm -hmm. um obviously um that's intentional with some of the songs because she's she's actually got I think Stevie Nicks on one of the tracks um, yeah and and that whole vibe I'm just I'm loving right now the, no. the kind of almost like a, a retro pop and and there's there's actual instruments on there as well which is always a bonus for me for sure she definitely she's definitely switched from the we can't stop and the party in the usa vibes but yeah i love both of those jams too i'm not gonna lie they come <laughs> that, well this is what this is what i say look there, there are two kinds of songs and that's good and bad yeah and that that's all that's all there is 100 percent, 100 percent. well you know uh one of robin's biggest influence almighty zep I hear her talk about yeah. I hear her talk about Zeppelin all the time. Do you ever allow like a Moby Dick solo in the middle of a, of a tour? Do you ever let her just go bananas, hand drums for twenty minutes, and just going insane? <laughs> she she has done drum solos before now. Nice, um, but I, I mean I, I don't think they're really Robin's thing. Like she's done them, but kind of even like do a drum solo. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> It got towards the end where he was like, oh, should we put the drum solo in? And Robin's like, no, no, let's just let's cut it out. When like other drummers will be like, yeah, yeah, I would like 10 minutes to do a solo. But yeah, she's kind of, she, she's done with them, I think. She's kind of, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's it, they're, they're, they're cool, but they are kind of a classic feature of a, of a set, aren't they? And um, and and Robin is very much she she loves the new the the new school way of doing things, putting on a show, having um, like more show elements rather than kind of just like a drum solo. I, yeah. Yes. To I mean you know to to a real deal that I, she's staying true to being a drummer. I mean you know you're the groove you're you're the pocket you you don't want to you don't want to yeah. jump out in the front. And I mean honestly yeah. you know when you look at drumming to me I mean. All the fills are pretty. All the you know the the extra jazz on the side is cool, but like, doesn't make you nod your head. And are you actually keeping time with the the band? Yeah. Like that's that's the big deal. So it's talking about things that make you go, what was that? I, I don't I don't think anything made me go more. What was that with drums than when the levee breaks with Zeppelin? I mean, when you hear that groove, you yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> where is that coming from what is that yeah. how do they do that that's amazing well i mean one of the drummers you guys played with that was amazing was uh blackstone cherry's drummer you guys got to tour with blackstone cherry um yeah. which we've been lucky enough to have him on the show we had been on the show actually it was just a little bit after you toured with him in 2019 um mm -hmm. what what was it like uh, touring Germany with the the boys from Kentucky. It was uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. It was brilliant. Um, One of you the know, Yeah, yeah. Because we've been, we've been fans of Black Star Cherry for for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, like in in the UK, they've they've done arena shows and they've done huge, huge yeah. things over here. And um, 
so yeah, we we I wouldn't say we've been stalking them, but like we've definitely been to quite a few shows. Uh, so it was nice to be able to go over to to Germany again. It's like it's it's no one's home country. Yeah, it was it was kind of both out of neutral home countries. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um and and they were cool, man. They like they, they say like southern hospitality, and and it's it's true. Yeah, it's, it really is. They they couldn't do enough for you. There, there was always a conversation to be had. Um, I remember for a couple of the shows af- afterwards that we would would stand and, and talk with uh, Chris, the singer, for hours about things. Yeah, you know, and 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 John Lahan, the, the bass player, he was building the studio and and he was telling us about everything that was going in, in into that. And it was just it was it was brilliant. We, you know, there there was no the, the one thing that. I love about bands like Blackstone Cherry is that there is no ego. Mm-hmm. There is nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just talk to them like human beings, like mm-hmm. like it should be. You yeah, know? for sure. That's that's exactly that's exactly what it was the whole tour. Very nice. Yeah, they uh I, I've told this I've told this uh, story on the show before, but I uh, I got to be fans of theirs because I, I went to a uh, show to watch Shinedown. Really, the only reason I went to the show was Shinedown. And it turned out that the two bands that were with them were amazing because it was Blackstone, Cherry, and Hailstorm. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know either of them. And the first thing I did when I came into the concert venue was get knocked to the wall because of Lizzie Hale's uh, voice, uh, because they were playing first. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, who's singing? Who is that? And then Blackstone Cherry came in with Lonely Train. And just that that riff in Lonely Train, I was just like, wow. Wow, I'm so glad I came to this concert. I am very <laughs> like it was. Uh, yeah, they the, and they're. It's like you said, they're the nicest dudes. They are. Uh, I mean, they've been grinding since 2005 or something like that, and just yeah. don't don't want to stop. Uh, but I am. I am amazed too. It's like you said. I, I took a look just uh, yesterday. Number one spot as far as listens on Spotify, London. That's their their number one yeah. spot, and I was <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, that's yeah. awesome for them, but at the same time, if I was them, I'd be like, what, the f- Kentucky? What are you guys doing? <laughs> like, I, I, I never I never understood because like Blackstone Cherry to me has that American rock sound, so like yeah. over here they they will fill an arena easily. Yeah, so I would th- I just thought that they were huge in America. But they don't really have the same pull as what they do here for some reason, which I can I can't get my head around. I would think they'll be have that huge American following. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's so weird. I mean, to me, they I mean they work perfectly with with Shine Down, and I mean they had especially like a, the original Shine Down, like the first like two albums. They they sounded so much uh, so similar, and but they don't have the same the same gravity i don't know what it was record labels what but uh it's happened with a couple of the rock bands from uh from canada that i've had on the show too that like they uh are huge in canada not pulling in in america or vice versa i've had a couple that were big in canada and and are big in america and nothing in their home uh, home country and it's like it 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 really is crazy. That that's the, the music industry summed up in a sentence. I think you, you can't predict it. You yeah. literally can't predict it. Like yeah, yeah. every record that we bring out, we can't. I mean, we we can choose the singles. Yeah. But you never know which one is going to really 
hit with the, with the fans. You yeah, know? it's 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 always a, a tough one, and sometimes you, you almost don't want to decide because you, you you'd never quite be sure. Well, I I mean I've mentioned that before how it would drive me insane if I was an artist like just like looking at my numbers going what why is everybody listening to this song why, why not this one this is the one I thought everybody would like this one's the <laughs> yeah. like you that's, know that's exactly that's exactly I mean we we look at our Spotify numbers and and this song called Save Tomorrow mm. that we have and it's quite high up on the list of um you know the the popular tracks and we never play that on live we we. It, <laughs> We played it when it first came out for the for that kind of record yeah. cycle, and then it just got dropped straight away. Yeah, you know, but that one seems it's, it's strange. Yeah. It's, it well, really we even get it. we we get fans come to us and say like, "Are you going to play Save Tomorrow again? Like, are you going to put it on the next tour?" And like, no, 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 because no. <laughs> it's it was such like the sound was such a it was kind of our old sound as yeah. what we as what we call it, and then you know we just thought okay, we'll, we won't play it, but. Yeah, it's such a demand for it, so I don't know if we are gonna have to put it back in the set <laughs> at some point. It it happens. It de it definitely happens. It's it's we. I think I always uh, tell artists. I I think it's one of one of the things that it is is just like some of those songs. It doesn't sound so much like in that case, but like some of the songs come so easy, like the good songs, just because, and that's why they're good. It, it just it just was at the top of the artist's head, and they came out with it, and it took ten minutes to write. And so it was this effortless process of just boom, there it is, this amazing song. And then the song that they worked in and worked for days and weeks and months because they're like, something's not right. Now I got to change it. Now this isn't right. And then you finish it and you're like, it's like that super hard math problem in school or puzzle that you're just like, I did it. Yes, there it is. <laughs> and everybody else is like, yeah, it's all right. I like this one better. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> That was the good one. Like I, I think that's that's some of it, but you know that's looking outside. But uh, you guys, another when you toured America, you uh, toured with Fozzie, uh, and mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's got to be a fun time touring with Chris Jericho. Did did he did he uh, perform any wrestling moves on anybody? Did he throw down on anybody? Uh we're scared to ask. Okay. <laughs> scared like, to ask. Like it's been like ever since I was a kid, I thought like I've watched wrestling when I was younger and I thought, oh well, I wonder what it's like being actually being in the walls of Jericho. But yeah. then I kind of think, if he puts me in it, is it gonna hurt? And I'm not <laughs> am I not gonna be able to walk for like the next couple of weeks. So uh I think he, he would play he would do like joke like when we saw him, he'll do like a jab yeah, at mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. and stuff. But uh, yeah, he'd never really done full full holds or anything on us. <laughs> what, well, since, I mean, you guys toured in America, what, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's all a blur because that was uh, 2018 uh, and you had two months there. Yeah, I, I looked back over the dates. It was pretty much all South and Midwest. Is there any yeah. anywhere that you remember that really stood out that you're like, man, uh, we would love to go back there again? I, I think for me, probably Nashville. Yeah, yeah Nashville. Uh, we, we actually got to have a, a day off in Nashville, which was incredible. Uh, so we got to visit the um, Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Um, and then we got to walk down Music Row, which yeah. uh, is just insane. It's nuts. Like, like every bar has a band and not just a band that, you know, what you get over here that can't really play that well. <laughs> every band is just like amazing. Like yeah. the first like, world-class band and they're playing for tips. Yeah. And you just think, man, this is just insane. 
But yeah. one of one of uh, one of our longtime friends on on the show, uh, Lonely Highway Band. They they played for two years straight on Music Row. Uh, you know at at the uh, Tootsie and and at uh, Kid Rock's uh, Saloon deal and just a whole bunch of those other places. And I mean it's it's rough. It's uh, I forget who told me. Uh, there, there was one artist that told me, like, if you're going to Nashville, the thing you need to do is turn into the first gas station when you get into the city and and challenge the, the gas attendant to a guitar off. And if they're better on guitar than you, just turn back around because this isn't your town. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally true. Anybody that you talk to in Nashville is like, oh, yeah, I, I play a little. And then they'll pull out the guitar and just masterfully go through like eruption van halen and they're like i don't know something i put together i guess i, I think it's something it goes something like this yeah and you're just like <laughs> a bit rusty haven't played for 10 years you it, know a bit rusty then it's crazy yeah. it is it is it is a such a fun town too i mean it's been yeah. exploding for the last you know sort of opposite of we were talking about forgot about cities it's i mean everything yeah. is going towards it it was that forgotten about city like 70s to 90s and then all of a sudden it's just been exploding for like the last 20 years it's it's crazy yeah. well now you guys not too long after touring with blackstone cherry uh that was actually you know it wasn't too long that the pandemic hit and uh it seems like i mean you guys had a lot of momentum going into the pandemic time i mean you, you you were starting the third album you had festival dates lined up download festival rock the boat rock uh, rock the night festival but it also seems like you guys were fairly quick to jump on like the streaming game once the pandemic hit like okay we're gonna do you know we're gonna be on twitch we're gonna be on youtube we're gonna did you guys i mean did you were you able to jump in like pretty fast of just like okay we got to do something because we can't just sit here and not be able to play yeah i mean um I, originally in the uk it was going to be a three-week lockdown and the the restrictions weren't going to last too long and we thought oh we'll, we'll do some kind of live streams of songs and um and just hang out with our fans and um we had all the equipment here at our studio uh so we thought yeah we'll do that and then when we had a list of all the restrictions, which meant that households couldn't mix, that meant that we had to change our plans. And it was just me and, because me and Robin lived together. Mm -hmm. um, it was just me and Robin who were going to do the performances and then we was going to get the guys on the Zoom. Um, so we, we, we kind of did react pretty quickly, but then soon after doing those weekly, um, you kind of run out of material to play with only two albums, you know. Yeah. And we we went we, we did some covers and we we did a lot of stuff, but um, it was it was really difficult to kind of maintain and keep it fresh without doing something like this where you have guests on and 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 that that sort of thing, which we. Oh yeah, it was great for me. Yeah. That was you know. <laughs> all of a sudden, I had hundreds of artists that were like, "Yeah, I got nothing to do. Come on the show." Yeah, I got I got I got some, I got some time right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, so yeah, we, we were pretty quick to jump on it, and then, um, and then we found ourselves going back into the studio to finish the record. I say back into the studio, we found the studio coming to us because that's what happened. We ended up recording the last bit of the record here at our studio in Warsaw. Yeah. So maybe maybe we can put Warsaw back on the map. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, speaking of that, you finished the record almost two years ago. I mean, that was in August uh, of 2020. Mm -hmm. 
uh, re- recording it. Of course, it had to be mixed and everything. Sure. But yeah. uh, if that was my album, I feel like it would be the night before Christmas every night. Like, how how <laughs> how hard is it to know all 11 songs, know every note, and not be able to share them with the fans for that yeah. long? Yeah, it's just no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Very frustrating. Yeah. It, like you say, it's just because you're, you're sitting on them and you want people to hear them because yeah. you're so excited about them and you want people to hear what you've been doing. But when you've just got to keep your mouth shut and can't share anything and it's just hard because you, you know, you yeah. like you're going to explode kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you guys, you guys worked with Dan Wells, great producer, and I heard he actually got in the writing process i heard he he helped write a couple of the songs what was it like having this other person uh because i know that had to be a a new process from the other albums i I think it was invaluable if if i'm honest um you know having someone who gets involved with the songwriting aspect as well as being a world-class producer you kind of sat in the room and as you're writing it's being recorded and i mean you can't even call it demo quality because it's saying it's sounded brilliant as it was coming together and that was the good thing is that you could get ideas down really quickly and flesh them out really quickly so it, i think it's always important in the writing process to get a vibe of the track yeah um and that and, and keep the momentum going and, and dan really helped with that um i would say that the the writing process was longer mm. um because we were challenged on more things than if it was just left to us you know, he he would challenge. You know, is that the right lyric? Can you say it in a in a in a, in a more poetic way? It, that, and that sort of thing, which was good. It was it was a challenge. Um, but I, I think you only ever get stronger as musicians the more people you work with and the more environments you're in. And and you know, you, you can sort of take it, take it all in. You can absorb all that information. And and that was the first time that we'd ever done it. Mm. And I think it was a brilliant experience. And I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Is is yeah. Dan? I think it's a good time to- that, that fresh pair of eyes just come in and just kind of because we've been we've the first two albums we just done on our own but yeah. having that fifth person come in it, it, it isn't part of the band but kind of becomes a part of the band for that album and just has a fresh take on things which said pushes you beyond what you've done before or gets you to think more outside the box um i think yeah it's definitely definitely helped us on this album for sure would you call him a perfectionist? Would you say Dan is that guy that you know everything? Yeah. He's got to he's got to check, got to go back over. Yeah, I, I mean, even just tuning the drums it, between takes, he would go back and retune the snare. Um, and it, I think it took about two days to get the 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 drum sound at, at first. You know, changing I mean, drums are so difficult to to record. There's so many mics, and and, and it, it depends on the room that you're in. So yeah, he, 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 I think he showed those uh, those colors very early on in the recording it, process. It does it it does amaze me the difference between some producers as far as like especially drums because like mm-hmm. some are that you know they've got a mic on every single tom a mic on each each cymbal and then there's the guy like uh, Glenn Johns. I mean I know that was way back in the day, but like mm-hmm. with. With Led Zeppelin, he'd just put like one mic in front of the yeah. in front of the drums and be like, "Go for it," and, yeah. be, and that'd be it. And you're just like, and they came out like that. How do they come out with that with like one mic? Like I, because I've tried to record people in the studio here before, 
and I suck at it. Uh, Every time I do it, I'm just like, I need an engineer that is much better than me doing this because, like, just like I would definitely need the control of every single, you know, drum so that I could actually go back and listen. Because, like, on live with one mic there's no way i'm putting it in the right place there's no there uh, yeah. w- one thing would come out and all you would hear is like hi-hat and i'd be like well that's us <laughs> that's I, th- I think i think with drums it's that thing that everything's built on so it has to be right you can have you can have the best guitar tone yeah on an album but if your drum sound sucks then it's the album's gonna sound bad but if you have an amazing drum sound and you have a, a good guitar sound, then the album's gonna sound great. So I think once you get your drums right and get that sound nailed, then everything else is. I, I feel yeah. I feel like drums are the, one of those things that people. It is like you said, it's that thing that makes everything work, but nobody notices it. Like you yeah. have to have it, but if it's not there, everybody's like, something's missing. Something doesn't yeah, feel exactly. right here. Like. Uh, well, now, obviously, we can't hear the other jams on the album right now, but which song, again, like we were saying before, you never know what people are going to gravitate towards, <laughs> but what do you think is going to be the song people are going to gravitate towards? Well, I've got my favorite. I think we've all got the same favorite, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, a song uh, called The Devil You Know. Mm. Mm, that's um, the second it, song, right, I think? Second? Second on the album? Number two. Oh, I, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is, yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's got like um like big fuzzy guitars, fuzzy bass, and a massive drum sound. Nice. And and like for for me, it's it's just it feels like it's it's got something else. Yeah. And it's good to play live as well. Like we've we've we, we do like to test drive songs every now and again at shows and we like you say we, we managed to get a couple of shows in throughout the, the pandemic but no tours um and uh and we did test drive that one a little bit and uh it seemed to go down well and and and, uh, and robin's the exact same she loves the song as well i think it's it's kind of all of our favorite nice yeah i think whether it'll be the one that everyone <laughs> yeah. else loves that's, uh, who knows but <laughs> you know they like picks you know a, a totally different song that we didn't see coming that everyone loves yeah you know, but when i when i was looking at just the name sometimes i like to do that you know when an artist like yourself will have it pre-order and you can just look at the names uh I, i'm going with over the line that's my surprise okay. that's that's my dark horse uh, just by the name okay. i was like yeah yeah that's the one <laughs> over the line it's overdrive it, it's it's a cool track as well. Like, uh, for, for that's one that we worked um, with Dan on was over the line. That actually, we, we were we were obviously writing songs and and then Dan came in and then he helped us with the writing process. Yeah, and that's one that we kind of um, brought to life together. Nice. Um, and we showed that one to management and to the label, and they fell in love. Very nice. So. So yeah, you might you might well be onto uh, <laughs> onto the one. Although no no offense to management, they're usually wrong. So true. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> let's, let's let's be honest. They usually don't get those bangers right. Um, now Revelation, the 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 single, um, it it is it's a bit of a progression, like you said, progression of the sound. It's 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 definitely new. How how have the the how has the army taken the the new track? Does it does it seem like the fans are really gravitating towards it? I, I think so. Um, I mean, we 
we've had a lot of great feedback and it's it's it is a a, a different step for us you know we I, I keep saying it's it's kind of like it's stone broken but like evolves we've not changed we've just progressed we've just taken it to the next level um and i think people uh, have grasped that i mean it's still it's still got groove it's still got riffs and it's still got you know those single on choruses that that we love to to have yeah um and i think everyone has has loved it so far um nice i think some people were surprised de- definitely surprised by it because we've got you know electronic elements in there now and and that sort of thing yeah um but yeah i'm pretty happy with with the reception so far and, and this is just the first track off we've got a whole record full of them you know for so sure just wait it's, it's kind of exciting just waiting to come back one one last thing uh before we go as as far as those sing-along choruses i, I did go back and i watched the the first gig back from the pandemic there you guys did the download festival pilot in uh in yeah. june and you guys caught a great great video i mean in, in your young career you guys have a sing-along favorite already with wait for you they they love yeah singing it and the, the you guys had 1500 or so people at least at that concert that were singing you know in unison again uh wait for you what, what did it feel like after the 15 16 months of not doing that to see that again uh, it was <laughs> yeah it, it, it was it was it's it's kind of like one of those that no matter how many times it happens you know it's become like kind of the centerpiece of our live show mm-hmm. is we play like we we take all the the loud instruments away and and uh, the start of it is just me and the acoustic guitar singing wait for you and uh, and there's there's always one section and actually, the first time it ever happened was by accident. Uh, kind of like, oh, we we were playing like a hometown show. Uh, it was sold out. It was 500 people, re- you know, relatively small. And I, I, I stopped singing at this part in particular so I could kind of address the audience and say, guys, on this next chorus, I want you to help me out. Yeah. And before I got those words out, they just started singing the chorus. So we went with it. And that kind of became the stone broken thing. Yeah. Um, and that has grown and grown and grown, and um, and I think having sort of eighteen months off, you miss that connection for sure. And then all of a sudden, getting that again. I mean, we were already super pumped to be playing a festival, especially of that size, after eighteen months. But uh, it's it's kind of it's reassuring because it's like they're still there. This moment can still happen. You know, after so long, I've not been able to have that. It's uh, yeah. It was. It kind of brought back memories and feelings that we hadn't felt for quite a while. So it was. It was. It kind it was of felt awesome. like waking up from a bad dream because <laughs> yeah. we got to the festival and everything was back to normal and we had the fans were there. Everyone was, you know, because it was a, a pilot and experiment. There was no social distancing, so we were. Everyone was just acting normally. So being back on that stage and that happening, it was like. Like we we were, we've never been away, but we, we kind of have as well. We you know we were a couple of years older, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they always say. As far as presidents during their term here in the U.S., they age like four times the amount during that time. You guys came back two years. Oh God, it's been so hard. Most of aching, and you know we can't move as fast as we could, but you know. Well, just just watching it, just watching it, I, I got chills. As far as uh as far as the uh crowd jumping in it was uh looked like a phenomenal moment and uh 
You guys will be back at it. Two months. Two months back at Yeah, we will. Fantastic. With a new album, new tour. Uh, Rich, Chris, Key, thanks for being on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for having us. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Listeners, you can check out all things Stone Broken at their website, stonebroken.com. You can follow them on social media at Stone Broken. You can stream them on any service right now. Let's hear the new single, Revelation, right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Stone Broken. That was Chris, Key, and Rich right here on the show via Zoom over the Atlantic Ocean, Mike. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. The I'm future. I'm, yeah, I'm such an old timer, man. It's still like, I, I don't know, like... Nobody was impressed, even when we went to break and I was talking to them before they got off, and I was just like, can you believe it? That was, was over. We're doing this over the, the Atlantic. They looked at me like I was 130. They're like, yeah, that <laughs> happens these days. And I was like, it's crazy, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's 5,000 miles of distance, and we're, we're talking via video. What? Yeah. Huh? What? Yeah. What's next? Holograms? Come on. Mm. Me sitting in front of you, just crossing my legs, and they're going to be like, this dude's crossing his legs in his boxers. He should have wore like Tupac. pants. Yeah, he should Tupac hologram. Exactly. At, uh, what, what festival was that? I can't remember which one they did. Uh, it yeah. It's one of the festivals. Anyways, anyways, I did check. We checked out uh, during the break to Toby Carvery, their recommendation. Mm. Yeah. I'll eat it. I'm not. No, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna stop. I I no don't way. know what this is, Mike. Did you notice? I don't know. I think this is something English here. This this bread thing that's on like every single one of their dishes that looks like it's like a a bread bowl. Like it. Seems yeah, to it's be, like a little cup. Yeah, and it seems to have gravy usually in it. Uh, mm -hmm. I I mean, this seems like a significantly fat item. I think we need yeah. to add this to American dishes. Uh, we don't have bread bowls with just gravy in them. I think. Uh, yeah, you know, no. That sounds like something that could really be good in Americans. Uh, oh yeah. Really catch on, you know. I mean, oh, if there yeah. was a vegetable involved. I would say no, it's not going to work for America. No but there's happen. just bread and gravy. It's just bread. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all good. But uh, anyways, if I'm in the UK, I'm I'm headed to Toby Carvery and I'm I'm probably going to avoid Walsall as well. No offense, <laughs> Walsall, but they did not have a ringing endorsement for your city. I nope. mean I don't know. Like I was taking pictures I was I was taking you know, just cruising through the internet's pictures of Walsall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look nice. You know? Like yeah. I mean I mean it they it, it looked dreary. But what part of England doesn't look fairly dreary? You know, that's yeah. sort of what they're known for. Uh, you know, it'd sort of be like saying, like, I looked at pictures of Seattle, and it seems like it rains every now and then there. <laughs> like, you know, and that's what they do. So, I mean, and it's got history. They were talking about, like, you know, the their their studio and how it's a historical landmark. That's pretty cool. Like... I, you know, my my townhouse is not a historical landmark. 
Nope. And I think it was built in like 89 or something like that. 90, hmm. you know. And that's actually pretty late for here. You know, normally people would be like yeah. 2008 or something, you know, before the, the housing crash. Anyways, I'm rambling. Uh, the point is, <laughs> I may go to Walsall at some point. Yes! Uh, I'm not ruling it out, Mike. Don't rule it yeah. out. You know what? Live show, me and Mike, Walsall, it's Let's happening. It. Wonderwall. Gravy, gravy bowls. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Toby we, Carver's. <laughs> if we do Wonderwall there, we're going to have to really bring it. I mean, that's home of Oasis yeah. in England. We got to... Yeah. Got to bring it. We got to really lay into our fake English accents when we start singing it. And they're going to be like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. these morons. And then again, we will have achieved our goal, Mike. We have annoyed and ruined another group's day. And so, anyways, okay, Mike, we've got two birthday suits left. We've got a comedian and a basketball player, both somewhat of your wheelhouses. So, yeah. which one do you want to go with first? Let's go with the comedian. Okay. See what, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, born on February 23rd, 1983 in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm. His parents were immigrants from South India. Both of his parents are physicians, his dad being an obstetrician, his mom being a gastroenterologist. Uh, he, went to the, he went to New York University for School of Business. In the early 2000s, he started earning awards for best stand-up routines in New York. In 2008, he was hired for the cast of Parks and Rec as the character Tom Haverford. In 2015, he announced his original Netflix series, Master of None, with the writer of Parks and Rec, Alan Yang. He hosted Saturday Night Live in 2017 and performed stand-up with Dave Chappelle in 2019. Name that birthday suit wearer. Aziz Ansari. Correct. Yes. Yes. Aziz. Fantastic. I didn't know. His, his... new uh, his new special is amazing, by the way, on Netflix. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. I need to check it out. I need to check it it's out. It's good. It's a good one. You know, I'll be honest. I've only watched bits and pieces of all of his stand-up. Like, I've never oh. watched a full Aziz stand-up uh, show. Like, so... I haven't... Doc, I haven't, if I can... Oh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 no. no, no. We're going to say. We're going to say. No, I was just going to say, I've never disliked any of it. Uh, oh, I yeah. just haven't got around to, like, watching a full... Like, you know, some will really rope me in. Like, Sam Morell, he wrote me in. Where I heard yeah. part of it, and I was just like, I got to watch his whole stand-up. Um, Aziz, like, I'm like, that's funny, but I was just yeah. like, it wasn't enough that I was like, I gotta do it right now. No offense to Aziz, <laughs> he looks funny, but, uh, you know, I mean, he, he's got funny jokes, but anyways, what were you going to say? So, well, I was going to say definitely one of my favorites, uh, Aziz Ansari up clips mm -hmm. is from his, uh, he created a character called Randy with mm -hmm. eight A's. Mm. Um, I don't know if he created this character specifically for funny people, but <laughs> the comedian character that he created yeah. uh, is amazing. Like nice. his stand-up is hilarious. So nice. definitely check that out. Randy okay. with eight A's. I was about to say, it's I'll check Aziz it. not Aziz Ansari, but it is Aziz Ansari. Uh, our, our graphic artist, Dan, who does all of the uh, artwork for each of the album covers, he's, he's mm -hmm. a huge Aziz fan. He really enjoys oh, yeah. him. Loves him. Uh then again, uh, both of them are, are Columbia fellows, so, you know. Yeah. Um, but 
Anyways, moving on. Happy birthday to Aziz. That'd be 39. Almost 40 mm-hmm. for Aziz. Almost 40. Uh, that's how 39 works. It's one year away yeah. from 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Basketball player. Here we go. Born on February 23rd, 1995 in Toronto, Canada. Her birthday suit wear is the son of an NBA basketball player and an Olympic track and field runner. So you could say pretty good genetics. Pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good genetics. His parents <laughs> met at the university, uh, or, or Florida State University. He started playing basketball at a young age. He dunked for the first time when he was 13. Jeez. Coming out of high school, he was number one recruit. He was Gatorade National Player of the Year, Mr. Basketball USA, Naismith Player of the Year, and a McDonald's All-American. So... He's pretty well known when he came out of high school. That's a fact. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty out there. He decided to go to Kansas, where he played one year. He then declared for the NBA draft. He was picked number one overall in 2014 by Minnesota Timberwolves. He was named Rookie of the Year after his first year. He played six seasons with the Timberwolves, where they thought maybe... It's a little bit of a bust, you know. In 2019, he was traded to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for Jacob Evans, D'Angelo Russell, and Omari Spellman. He was chosen this year as an all-star for the Golden State Warriors. His first time mm-hmm. of his career as an all-star. Name that birthday suit where? Maple Jordan, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> There it is. Yes. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. For a second there, I, I didn't I didn't recognize the name. And I was like, I, you said Maple. And I was just like, what? No. No, you're complete. <laughs> oh, okay. No, okay. Yeah. Yes. The old Canadian reference. I gotcha. Um, <laughs> I yeah. love that nickname, Maple it's Jordan. A, it's not it's a great. bad one, you know? I mean, it's well thought out. It's well yeah. thought out. It's it's a uh, it's a think piece. Okay, it's not really a think piece, but you know, it's clever. Kinda. It's yeah. clever. Um, it's yeah. I I don't like it as much as Slim Reaper for Kevin Durant, but then again, yeah, but the then best. again, Kevin Durant doesn't like Slim Reaper, and I'm like, uh, KD, that's an awesome nickname. Embrace it, yes. you a hole. Embrace it. Uh, But, you know, whatever. uh, Do you know if Andrew Wiggins embraces Maple Jordan? Is he uh No idea. I only heard the nickname once or twice, I think. Like, I'm pretty sure his nickname is Maple Jordan. But I don't know how, if maybe that was just a a broadcasting thing that I saw. I mean, it's got, it it should come back now that he's an all-star, you know? Yeah. I, I, I do feel I do feel good for Andrew Wiggins. I do feel like uh, at the beginning of his career, I was like, this guy's coasting a little bit. I feel mm-hmm. like he's coasting. And Jimmy Butler came up there and was all Jimmy Butler in his face and was like, I'm 1,000% effort, and you aren't doing it, you a-hole. You know? <laughs> and then he left, and like everybody just sort of forgot about Andrew Wiggins. And then he goes to uh, Golden State, and people just sort of, you know, forgot about him. All of a sudden, he's just balling out. He's averaging yeah. like 20-some points a game with a team that has Stephen Curry on it. Wardell yeah. Curry. What? So true. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, Andrew Wiggins turning, uh, what is he turning? Uh, 27. 27 mm. for Andrew nice. Wiggins. It's crazy to think. Uh, I guess it's because I'm an old guy, but it's crazy to think. I was like, good Lord, that dude 
has been in the league for nine seasons. Yeah, that's wild. That is crazy. I remember when he was like a rookie. Exactly, uh, just yeah, a super like young year. buck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and now he's now he's a seasoned vet, seasoned mm-hmm. vet with all stars under his belt and everything. But I mean, you can't get much more than coming out of uh, co- uh, out of high school as a number one recruit, Gatorade National Player of the Year, Mister Basketball USA, Naismith Player <laughs> of the Year, and McDonald's All American. Like what? Girl, come on. Yeah. What? That's a that's a lot of accolades. That's a lot uh, of accolades, yeah. So uh, I mean, you know, that's sort of like LeBron level. All of them. Not <laughs> not all the way at LeBron level, but that's yeah. almost all the way LeBron level. That's a lot of pressure. Me, I would mm-hmm. immediately crumble under that pressure. <laughs> I would have got to so I would have got to uh, Minnesota and averaged like one point a game. That's a fact. You would have been like, this guy is really a letdown. This is how did he become national player of the year? Anyways. <laughs> uh, happy birthday to Andrew Wiggins, turning the big two seven there. Good, uh, good times in Golden State. Uh, they're my pick right now, Mike. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, they're my, they're wow. my pick for, for the championship. Uh, championship. That's it. Wow. If they get back Wiseman and they get back, oh, uh, um, uh, um, what's, what's his name? Draymond. There you go. Yeah. Uh, if they get both of those guys healthy by the playoffs, yeah, they're my pick, no doubt. And. Is Clay playing? He's like, playing right now. now. He's playing. I think he's still got some limitations. Okay. Still got some limitations, but uh, they they've got him in rotation for sure. He's playing a good, you know, twenty twenty five minutes a game at least. Nice. Uh, so yeah, and he's. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, he looks even better than he did before all of his injuries. Mm. Like he's driving more. He looks stronger, more resilient. You know, pretty nice. wise. And then they added all these players. They got Poole now, Jordan Poole. They've got uh, Gary Payton, uh, the second or junior. I forget which one, yeah. which one he goes by. Junior. Junior. Okay. Man, mm-hmm. that I dude, so. defensive master, that GP. He is a master at the defense, like his dad. It's impressive. Yeah. Anyways. I got sidetracked, guys. That's not until the playoff special <laughs> that we'll get into those deets. We'll hit those deets. Yes! But next week, we've got a fantastic show. We've got none other uh, than Allison, better known as Peach Face. If you remember, we talked about Peach Face when we had Modern Nomad on the show. Modern Nomad there plays with Peach Face every now and then. She's out of uh, Baltimore. Very excited okay. to have her on the show. Uh, very uh, young, very uh, vibrant, dynamic new artist. Excited to talk about her career here. Uh, also, the week after that, extremely excited. We've got the Yonder Mountain String Band coming on the yes. show. Yes. Love those guys. Very excited about it. I'm going, uh, listeners, get excited. Go ahead and make a note about this. I'm going to tell a story of how I came about knowing the Yonder Mountain String Band. Not personally, but knowing their music. Uh, It's a good story about me being a loser. That's a fact. Anyways, uh, (laughs) Mike, until then, we're going to wrap up the show for now. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, none other than Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doodah.